You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. I'm your good buddy Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 85, the Spring Has Sprung edition. It's only 85? It's only what? Episode 85? Uh, And if you're keeping score at home, this is episode 95. All right. I was like, wait, I'm sure we were in the 90s recently. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was the class in eighty four edition last time. I uh yeah, my head's in the eighties, I guess. This is the Lutheran edition, the ninety five theses edition. I was re- <laughs> <laughs> For all you history buffs and fans of the Reformation. Just when you thought this thing couldn't get more esoteric. <laughs> do you do you watch the Simpsons regularly? I do not. It's been a long, well, long time since I watched The Simpsons. Well, well, this is a very old one. I um, it was one of the haunted Halloween, haunted treehouse episodes. Okay, from probably twenty plus years ago. Now it was, you know, they always do the um, Twilight Zone remakes. It was one where Lisa's doing her experiment for a science fair where she puts a a tooth in and soda to see if it the effects of it okay but she ends up creating her own little world all right i obviously it doesn't ring a bell no it does not ring but a she's bell. looking she's like oh i create a world she's looking at them under a microscope and she's like one of them is nailing something to the cathedral she's like oh i've created lutherans oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 marty Yes. <laughs> Martin Luther. All right. Well, moving right along. Yes, yes. Moving right along. Uh, speaking of moving right along, um, just a little update on our Muppets podcast. That's the, moving that's, right along. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the Muppet song, right? Yes, that was from the Muppet movie. Um, got all of our acts, at least acts one through three in the books. Um. I've supplemented the uh, the great Raquel Welch uh, conversation. I might be able to get that quote this weekend, though. If you could. We we won't be ready to have it out probably to like, figure uh, St. Patty's Day, is, as um, as you might know, may know, is the Mardi Gras equivalent in New Jersey. Yes. So St. Patty's... Mardi Gras for drunken Irish assholes. St. <laughs> Patty's Day starts this Sunday and will run till the like uh, the 20th, the weekend. Oh, they keep having parades. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Sunday is the is the is the Belmar St. Patty's Day parade. That's the big kickoff. Um, Hoboken falls in there somewhere. That was the parade that they used to hold it on a Saturday and it became such a shit show that I think now they hold it on St. Patty's Day in the hopes of curbing some of the shenanigans. That people have to go work the next day or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
We got the one that rolls in front of my parents' house that's in a week from this Sunday. Okay, so that goes on Sunday. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a pretty Sunday before. It's always the Sunday before St. Patrick's Day. Unless St. Patrick's Day is a Sunday, then it's on St. Patty's Day. Okay. The Asbury Park is, I believe, the 13th. I think they do it on a Saturday. Okay. Let's see. March. Yeah. No, March 13th. That's a Sunday. That's good. Um, I like the Sunday parade because it does, it, it, it detracts from some of that, uh, you know, drunken tomfoolery. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you can still have a good time. The New Orleans Irish Channel parades on a Saturday, which means it'll probably be this, the Saturday before this year. The key is when St. Patty's Day is actually on a Saturday because that gives you two weekends of it because they'll have the Metairie Road one, the one from my parents' house, that's Sunday. And then since the next Saturday is St. Patty's Day itself, the Irish Channel Parade will be that day. You know, it really sucks when it's like it usually is where the Irish Channel one's on Saturday and then the, the one in Metairie is the next day because... I used to do both, but, you know, I'm too old for that shit. Yeah, know? that's a commitment. So I just got to, like, choose one or the other, and obviously I always have to be at my parents'. That's kind of cool that it goes right past your parents' house. Yeah, but it just, I don't know, I used to get, I mean, I get keg every year, but I think this year I'm just going to get some cases of beer, because every year, you know, I get the keg, and then there's, there's some issue with the keg or something. And then there's all these other losers who I don't even know showing up, you know? So it's like, fuck those people. I'm just getting cases of beer. <laughs> and, I, and it's less shit for me to deal with. I don't have to worry about having to return a keg, you know? Right. I don't need all that chore. Uh, for the record, New Jersey has 32 St. Patrick's Day parades. That's ridiculous. That run from March 5th, Saturday, March 5th, to Saturday, April 2nd. <laughs> Why are they running St. Patrick's Day parades in April? Uh, so, uh, St. Patty's Day is on a Tuesday. Traditionally, there are parades that happen the Saturday after St. Patty's Day. Okay. Technically, there are no parades in New Jersey on St. Patty's Day. Everybody kind of defers to the to the New York City St. Patty's Day Parade. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Which That's I've been to. Well, I've been to a bar in New York on the day of St. Patty's. And uh, it's it's pretty wild. Yeah, I was the one time. Yeah, I was actually in New York on St. Patty's Day back in 1999. Okay. And I, I mean, I we ended up in a bar. You know, but I did catch a brief glimpse of the parade. Which kind of seemed extremely boring to me because I think I've told you about that before. Because all it is is people rolling down a street and waving. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. That's it. That's what the parades are here. <laughs> That's all they are. <laughs> Which is quite possibly the most boring fucking thing in the world. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, uh, fifth annual Freehold St. Patty's Day Parade. Fifth which, annual? <laughs> which organizers proudly claim to be the shortest parade in the state. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
That'd be a joke if it's only five years old, too. Um, yeah, so that's what it is. It's a bunch of people. Kiwanis Clubs, Knights of Columbus, the Hibernia Clubs, obviously. Yeah. Um, lots of... Uh, Lots of firemen playing bagpipes march in these parades, and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts. That's it. Then they yeah, walk. Yeah, that's why a brigade of firefighting bagpipers don't want the Mardi Gras parades this year. <laughs> it's quaint. Yes. Yeah. I like bagpipes, but there's only so many bagpipes you can listen to. You only listen to bagpipes for so long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why they're good for a parade because they come, they pass you by, and they're done. Yeah. <laughs> the fifth annual. <laughs> well, Asbury goals. Park is only the third annual. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. They didn't do a St. Patrick's Day parade till 2014. Yeah. What was done before that? Nothing. So this is like our this is like a cottage industry, huh? Oh yeah. Oh. You know, it's funny. The, the top of Asbury Park came up. Sunday when I was talking, uh, hanging out with some friends, you know, because one of the guys was from New Jersey, and he's like, oh, and he's gay. He's uh, like, that town was nothing until the gays moved in. He's he's right. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I know that. He's right. <laughs> <laughs> How does he know about Asbury Park? Uh, I mean, he's from, I mean, he's not from down there, but he he, he was raised in Jersey somewhere. Okay. So he's aware of jerseyness, I guess. You know, I guess he must have been to Asbury Park at some point. Oh, sure. You know, but I think he's I'm trying to think where he's from. Is it like middle something or other? That might... uh, there's Middletown. Yeah, that might be where he's from. That, um... yeah, I think that's where he's from. Because he, he was originally born like in. Brooklyn or something like that, and they moved there when he was very young, you know. It's um, that's one of our neighboring towns. Yeah, and he's 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 a real Mick <laughs> Sullivan. Um, I'm trying to think what it, what would his home parade be. Uh... Oh, Middletown's neighboring to Asbury Park. Mi- Middletown. Yeah. Yeah, Middletown is is about two two towns away. Oh, okay, I think that is where he's from. Okay, where uh, where do you go to high school? Do you know? Ah, I'm sorry, I don't know all that much. <laughs> what kind of friend is he? <laughs> we don't ask about. Well, I know where he went to college. I know where he went to law school because he went to the same law school as me. Um, send me his name. <laughs> I can look it up right now. It probably says on Facebook where yeah. he went to high school. Look him up. I mean, he's way younger than us, you know. Yeah, that's okay. I, I, I might know. Uh, might know his family. A lot of Middletown. Yeah, I kids. mean, his name's Sean Sullivan. Oh, okay. I mean, let's see. fucking Lee Zarek. <laughs> I get on Facebook and I'm getting these notifications from Lee Zarek. Let's see. Sean Sullivan. I guess I could have looked at this all along to see if where he was really from. Freehold Township High School. There you go. Yeah, class of 2003. I told you he's young. 
Um, it's 11 years younger than you. Nine years younger than me. So Freehold is... Uh, so you can live... Freehold's like a regional school district. Um, you can live in Freehold, but go to Marlboro. Because Marlboro Yeah, is... yeah. See, it says Marlboro, New Jersey, hometown. Okay. All right. But he claims Middletown, I believe. Um, or he'll say Middletown. Makes makes sense. I think it's a bigger town. Um, Something people more likely to he- have heard of. Yeah, especially if you're a good Irish boy from Jersey. Yeah. All right. All right. There we go. So that's uh, that's the big plan. I'm... I'm I haven't ventured out. I didn't venture out last year. I love St. Patty's Day. I think St. Patty's Day is fun because I like um, crisp, cold days. I like being outside on those type of days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, those days when it's like in the 50s or so. Yeah, you get a lot of that in the beginning of March here in Jersey. Yep. Um, so I'm going to try to get Roscoe around to a couple of these uh, of these St. Patty's Day parades. So, uh, St. Patty's Day is big in Syracuse. Yeah, I know up there, like on Tip Hill and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where they got the, uh, you know, they take such pride in the fact that the green light is on top. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. And they had a... They're like, it's the only place in the world like this. <laughs> the other night, I guess, oh, was... Oh, really? You almost be really Irish then. <laughs> the other... I forgot about the green light. <laughs> you have an upside down stoplight. Wow. <laughs> Um, somebody called Roscoe the other day. It was Green Beer Day uh, at, uh, I guess, Coleman's is a place up on Tip Hill. And yeah, they, yeah, Coleman's. They make a big deal I, I about it. Before. Like a month yeah. before, or I guess two weeks before St. Patty's Day. Yeah, Coleman is the, Coleman's is the center of Irish culture in Syracuse. I went there um, a couple years ago when I was up visiting those guys, and I never had a worse time. It was just miserable. Yeah, was it? Yeah, because it was just forced. You know what I mean? It's the middle of February, and oh, it was like one. Of the, it was the pre-St. Patrick's Day thing. Yeah, it was, it was like, the, sort of like forty-fourth type of stuff they used to do. Exactly, forty-four days till St. Patrick's Day. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So everybody. I was... remember going to the Coleman's. I think they had one in Oswego that they had opened up. You know, because I remember like the last summer I was up there. We, you know, guy. Ben, you know, Pete Judy, uh, we all went up to Harbor Fest or whatever, but I think we were hanging out at the Coleman's in Oswego at the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it still exists, but it was a branch that they had opened, you know, cause Oswego is a kind of like a little vacation type of town. Right. Yeah. It was just like, and everybody was so drunk that yeah, boyfriends were fighting girlfriends and how were we getting from place to place? Nobody knew. Like, who are you with? Um, guy, Roscoe. I think at the time, guy had just started dating Lexi, and Roscoe had a girlfriend at the time, and Roscoe's okay. cousin. And it just turned into one of those things. Like the night before, I think was a bit of a shit show. And yeah, it yeah. Just kind of spilled over into the next day, and um, you know, anytime you venture <laughs> off the hill. It's hit or miss. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's always bad when you leave the cozy confines of the Marshall Street area. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But whatever you do, if you're taking 
You're going to take Roscoe around. Just don't record a podcast about it with him. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings from Asbury Park, episode two, St. Patty's Day. The St. Patty's Day edition. (laughs) Yes. Uh, If he was was that bombed for the Springsteen episode. (laughs) Could imagine how bad it would be for the St. Patty's Day pod. Let's see, the 13th. I might take that Monday off of the Asbury Park Center. I don't know why. I don't know who I'm inviting over. I don't know who I'm going to hang out with. I don't know what kind of... The 13th is the Asbury Park Parade? Yeah. Yeah, and then the 14th is a Monday. We'll we'll both be celebrating parades in our hometowns on that day. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Between now and then, maybe I'll make a couple friends. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got Roscoe. I do have Roscoe. Has, Has Roscoe made any friends in Asbury? Um... He just started a new job, and he's been going through, like, intensive training. He's not dealing with those guys with the, uh, those dudes that had the app or whatever that he was able to work wherever he wanted oh, to the, for. The, yeah, the, the uh, electric cars. Yeah. No, no, he's out of the electric, he's out of the transportation business. Oh, but that was the deal, right? Because he could have worked anywhere, which is why he was coming to Asbury Park, Co- right? Correct. Correct. Okay. But right. um, he sold, he sold on the uh, city by the sea, loves it. So he found a, a real jobby job, uh, and he's been going through some training. And he met, you know, a younger dude, uh, a couple years younger than him, similar like situation. Like to throw down. Yeah, exactly. Smokes cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. You know, is a handsome dresser. Um, lives in the area. Has a girlfriend, but is gonna break up with her. Like, um, <laughs> you know, the whole deal. So that's good. You know, it's good. Yeah. It's good. I, uh, cause for a while I was like, oh man, I feel like I sold him a bill of goods. <laughs> <laughs> and he's come be depressed with me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's great. He's totally low maintenance and you know, he's just as happy reading his iPad and uh, he's very much like you in the sense that, um, he's got a, uh, you know his 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 mind his his, uh, his desire to um, to accumulate knowledge is very high. Yeah, and cool. he'll sit and you know he'll sit on his iPad and you know kind of surf and get into you know Wikipedia hole or whatever. Um, yeah, and you don't need to you don't need to pay a lot of attention to him. Exactly, like he's not needy. Right, right. Yeah, um, I definitely feel him there because I don't, you know. I don't need, I don't need to be, I don't need somebody around there entertaining me. Yeah. Um, but to, to, you know, some extent, I, I want to, one, show him his way around. You know, I got to introduce him to the, to the places. Yeah. You know, I, or I feel an obligation to. Um, and two, I'd also like to take advantage of the fact that, uh, you know, that I've got somebody to, to, to go see a movie with or whatever. But for a while... You know, between finances and um, ancillary activities, it was, you know, hard-pressed to find a, a social activity or, a, you know, a time we could just kind of throw down. So we did a lot of nothing for a while. But Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, that's what sucks about, you know, when you just, way well, when you're just by yourself, you don't have anybody to do anything with when you just want to do something. Not sitting around the house, you know. Right. Just like do something, 
But then the other issue is when you are with some, when you do have a chance where you have somebody to do stuff with, but then you're in the point in your life where you don't have any money and it sucks <laughs> and you can't afford to do anything. <laughs> it's the crazy. You rarely seem to line up for some reason. Absolutely. There's like three cornerstones of what, what I would say at this point, there's three cornerstones of a successful, um, or, or at least a, uh, I don't say meaningful. I don't want to say sick. I don't want to put a value on it, but a fulfilling. Three cornerstones to, to a fulfilling existence are uh, personal interaction, personal yeah. personal health and well-being, and um, professional interaction and professional success. Like if you can get those three things firing all cylinders, you're going to be a pretty happy person. Yeah. But there's only enough time in a day. For two of those three at tops, you know? Yeah. Like, how many times are you are you like, all right, I'm going to get up and go to work today. After work, I'm going to hit the gym. And then after the gym, I'm going to go catch a game or have a beer with my buddy. Yeah. Well, the gym thing never happened. Exactly. Zero. Never. Well, I mean, because it's not even in the plans. But, of course, the other day I was figuring, I was like, I can do a workout around the house. And I print up this routine. I was like, I'll need to start doing this. And I took it home and haven't even attempted it yet. Yeah. Because right. I'm not, because I'm rationalizing like, well, I need to get some type of mat to do these exercises <laughs> on. Well, I haven't bought the mat yet. Oh, uh, you know? Yeah. But yes, but rarely, rarely do you have time for any of that shit. Yeah. And that is something I was thinking about. I was like, well, if I'm going to start doing this type of stuff, do I have to wake up very early in the morning and do it? Well, I have time to do it after work, you know, but still without killing myself, there's not enough time in the day for everything. The thing I find the hardest is getting it all done without stressing about getting it all done. Once I start, well, yeah, exactly. Once I start stressing about it, it's not worth it anymore. Yep. So like today I got up, got to work, figured, you know what? Let me stop at two. I'll go to the gym. Nobody's there. It's perfect. By the time I get on a machine or I lift my first weight, it's 2.30. Yeah. So my my gym from 2 to 3, and I'm also really bad at scheduling time because I never put in enough travel time. I never leave cons- yeah. contingency plans or whatever. So my 2 to 3 gym block that I had blocked off is I get there at 2.30. Then even if I stop at 3.30... On the way home, I decided to get something to, for dinner, going to the grocery store, blah, blah, blah. I'm back here at my desk at 4.30. So that's two and a half hours that I didn't do any work. Damn. So I could have done two and a half hours worth of work, stopped at 4.30, but now I'm at the gym when everybody else is at the gym. You know? So you got to kind of get over that... Uh, you know, that hump of, all right, well, if you're going to go to the gym at 2.30, well, then that means everything just gets moved back. And if you're working at 6.30, what's the big deal? Because otherwise you'd be at the gym at 6.30. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really bad at understanding that dynamic. Even though I create the dynamic, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? I don't know. I don't even know what's going on here. <laughs> so then I just eat a bunch of tacos and take a nap. 
Tacos. Um, yeah, so that's that's a that's the Asbury Park minute. That's what we got going on here. Same How long did it take to get through the Asbury Park minute? Uh, twenty four minutes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Plus the twenty or so minutes that we spent before we even clicked on the old uh, yeah the old no, record we were machine. For a while without. Yeah. Uh, which is good though. So you got to clean the soul sometimes, you know. We're not just we're not meat here. We're not just paid entertainment. We're real people here. <laughs> we're not real a people. We're not a sideshow. Speaking of I real people, um, we're coming up on our hundredth episode. I think we got some big changes uh, coming after episode one hundred. Oh yeah, what's that? Um, I think we're gonna be we're gonna be due for a new logo, a new uh, a new show logo. Okay. I unearthed Thanks. our uh, Asbury Park photo booth um, photo strip the other day. Yeah, I got that thing hanging. It's in, I got the uh, Asbury Park photo strip. I'm pretty sure it's probably still in the visor of my car. <laughs> well, I um, I recently came into an extra $850. I'm going to head down to Michael's and see if they can frame it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's such a special size. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, very, no kidding, man. Very difficult oh, to frame them this small. Five hundred something dollars. <laughs> How fuck expensive is this frame? If that's what I'm saving. Right. Right. <sighs> so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna frame that up, but I'm gonna scan it, and uh, maybe that'll be our new uh, our new uh, what's it called. Our new show. Yeah, the Avatar, whatever it is. Um, But that's it. That's literally all I've had going on for the last week. Planning my St. Paddy's Day parade and commiserating with myself over not having enough time in a day to do three things. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, What do you got going on? Uh, Not so much. I mean... What do I have going on? I don't know what's going on there. I mean, other than the parade next week. And then... Uh, crawfish spoiled to go to Saturday, so that's nice, because that's always fun. Hey, you uh, you keep muffling yourself. And, uh... See, it's because the friggin' thing keeps getting up rough between the neck. You know, <laughs> between the chin and the chest, and I'm sitting in the recliner. Let me sit up a little bit. That's probably better. <laughs> That's much better. That is better, right? Yeah. yeah. See, when I when I go back all the way, like in full recline mode, it goes back. You know, it gets up into the neck area and gets like stuck in there. You know. Yeah. So let me sit up a little bit more. There we go. Yeah, we probably but, only have about another half an hour. You know. You're telling me I can hold... <laughs> you can hold, hold your, your head and your upper body weight up for for another 30. Yeah. I have confidence in you. Well, it's funny. Last night I went to a movie with my mother. And she has those issues where she's always sleep deprived. And now she's like, I'm going to make... Because sh-, she still works. And she works overnight too, you know? Yeah, yeah. As a nurse. But she's like... So she worked Monday to Tuesday... You know, came home like probably around eight o'clock in the morning. She goes to sleep and stuff. She's like, "Don't worry, I'll be well rested." 
So you don't have to worry about me falling asleep in the movies. <laughs> Went to see Spotlight, you know, the one oh, that won yeah. the uh, yeah. best picture. Which was actually a very good movie. But, you know, uh, I wasn't paying attention to her. It was probably an hour in the movie. I look right to my left real quick. And I noticed she's kind of sleeping. <laughs> so I friggin' elbowed her and nudged her. You know, and... um. And I probably did that another 20 times for the next hour of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh. At one point, you know, it wasn't that much time left. I was like, Mom, I was like, you only need to stay up for another 30 minutes. I'm like, come on, you can do it. <laughs> See, that's funny because I go the other way. I say if my companion falls asleep or conversely, if I fall asleep, let me sleep, you know? Because for yeah. the 10 bucks that I'm wasting from the movie – from you know paying to see the movie, I'm making that up in the sheer comfort and conditions that are so conducive to napping. Yeah, you know. Well, but the issue was she really she's the one that suggested going to see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I'm like, she really wants to see it. I was like, this sucks. You're sleeping through it. You know. And then she said at one point, she's like, oh, I thought that character, I thought it was going to turn out that he did this. I was like, that did happen. She's like, it did? I was like, no, I'm joking with you. <laughs> yeah, cause I, anything that's sad is I, I know how miserable that experience probably was for her. To keep nodding off and be waking her up, to only to nod off again. You know? Sure. Because nothing's more miserable than when you're trying to fight sleep. Because I do it frequently during the night you know like i do it fairly often just sitting around the house late night when i'm just trying to watch the last few minutes like colbert or or jimmy kimmel or something you know and i'm like just gotta stay up just gotta stay up or like there's something i want to see like a few weeks ago i wanted to see something on kimmel or colbert one of these shows and i was like all right there's only 15 minutes left all right i'm gonna be able to see it and I fall asleep and I wake up and it's like friggin' 11.34. You know, I've nodded off for like 10 minutes or something. I was like, I missed it! <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have DVR, so it's like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> I, um... Yeah, I, I can't... If I am tired, I'll fall asleep. I can't resist the temptation to fall asleep. Um... Peters and Sean Reardon, they're the kind of guys that if they just want to stay up, they'll stay up. Yeah. I, if I go prone, I'm out. Yeah, I used to always. And then I have the issue where, like, when I fall asleep like that and I'll move to the bed. This happens fairly frequently. And then I don't fall asleep right away because I'm like... I'll set up the iPad and like get Netflix gone because I'm like something's got to put me back to sleep. Right. You know? Yeah. So that could be kind of miserable. Although, um, you know, when I can't fall asleep at two thirty in the morning when I wake up and desperately need to get back to sleep. Yeah, that's always the worst. I was Ugh. up for four. I would not for four hours. For two hours this morning, from two thirty to four thirty. That's I've had that happen a lot. Oh my god! And I just, I was like, all right, if I'm awake at four thirty, I'm getting up. But that sucks because you're not getting an early jump on the day. You've already been up for two hours. You're essentially pulling an all nighter. Yep. 
I hate that because what happens to me is generally, like, my alarm goes off at 7.05 in the morning. A lot, sometimes I'll wake up just spontaneously at 5-something. Maybe I'm waking up to go pee or something. Or some reason I just wake up and then I can't get back to sleep. And then by the time I want to start falling back asleep, it's like, well, it's going to be miserable because the alarm's going to be going off in 10 minutes at this point, you know? Right. Oh, that's the worst. It's like, because I just want to cherish this. It's like, why can't I go to sleep? I don't want to be awake. These are the most precious, the most precious last hour and a half of my sleep, you know? Yeah, it's the worst. And you need, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy or a, uh, I guess a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because the worse sleep you get, the more you need the sleep. But then the worst sleep you get. Yep. And they had about that on TV recently. These news reports that people don't get enough sleep. That we should be getting seven hours a night. You know. I usually probably get six if I'm lucky. Yeah. See, I. I, If you count the time that I go down to the time that I set my alarm, that would that would be eight hours. You mean like go down, like actually sleep, or go lay down? Yeah, go lay down. Yeah, because that I know, like I might go to, go into bed like at midnight, but I know I'm not falling asleep to like one something usually because I'll sit there and screw around on the computer, on the iPad, reading stuff, and you know things like that. You know, I don't go right to sleep. You know, I'll close up shop about nine nine thirty, knowing that it's gonna take me a while to let the dogs out and brush my teeth and whatever and then hopefully lay down around 9 30 and grab a book and read for a half an hour okay getting out by 10 will will you know my alarm goes off at 6 i like to get out of bed at 6 30 so i can walk the dogs and do whatever but you think anybody's got any issues about this content when they listen to the podcast <laughs> It's really interesting listening to your sleep patterns. <laughs> so what time do you go uh, walk the dog again? <laughs> uh, so true, man. So true. This is a slice I don't know. of life. Would you rather existentialism or this? Exactly. We only have two gears. <laughs> yes. It's first gear in reverse. This... I know you want to be like an NPR show, This American Life. We are basically reaching NPR levels now. <laughs> discussing boring shit like our sleep patterns. Next on All Things Considered, we'll be discussing the average middle-aged man's sleeping patterns. <laughs> Act one, reading in bed. Good idea? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, um, I always used to read in bed as a young man growing up, and it was a surefire way to put me to sleep. And then one day it just didn't work anymore. <laughs> um, well, this is a prelude to uh, a discussion on something that I didn't even have on my radar because I go to bed so early. Uh, award shows in general. Can I tell you about that, though, too? Yeah, tell me, because I know nothing about it. So the other night I watched the Oscars, which takes far too long. 
and I was really looking forward to seeing the Jimmy Kimmel Oscar thing. Problem was the Oscars took so damn long, and I was trying and I was trying to stay awake for that. I just need to stay awake through the late local news. Unfortunately, the station the Oscars comes on has is this bogus station, you know, um, that does this really shit because they're like number four in ratings, so they're always so their their late local news now is news with a twist where they're sitting around like in a bar room and it's terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I don't even watch it. So I was watching something boring, waiting for time to pass. And, of course, I missed the Jimmy Kimmel thing. But I did watch it the next night. But it was just too damn late. The Oscars took like three and a half fucking hours, man. Yeah, they're always so long. The um, I heard the ratings on them were, were not so good. Yeah, I think they dropped 6% or something like that, they say. You know, I don't even know if that I don't know if that means anything anymore because one, um, people don't don't consume things the way they used to consume them, anyway. And two, there were uh, you had the ability to stream the Oscars on, um, I think on Oscars dot com. Yeah, you could stream it. I believe. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there was. The ratings probably go down every friggin' year, to be honest. You know? I don't know. There's... I mean, I'm sure some people question whether the whole Oscars so white had something to do with the ratings going down. I don't know if it accounts for a full 6%, but I'm sure it might have had some effect. See, I would have thought it would have helped boost the ratings. Well, I think the people that were going to watch the Oscars anyway are going to watch the Oscars anyway. Right. You know, I, and by that, I mean all the white people. <laughs> no, all the white people that are going to watch it anyway. But I do know there was some people who might have been protesting, but I don't think it's enough to account for the full 6%. And obviously, I know it all just wasn't white people who were watching the Oscars. Right. You know, I mean, because I'm, I'm and I'm sure there were a lot of people of all races, colors and creeds who were watching because they want to see what Chris Rock said. Right. You know, which is what I want to I don't watch I mean I watch the Oscars but I usually don't care that much about who the host is because it's usually somebody lame like Ellen DeGeneres or Billy Crystal or somebody like that. But I I honestly like Chris Rock a lot. So I would have watched anyway for Chris Rock. But then once that that came, it was like, oh, this is like made for a Chris Rock routine. He's ghosting an event that's friggin', <laughs> you know how Chris Rock is. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. It's like this is made for him to skewer friggin' white people, you know. And he was great. Did you see it? No, I didn't see any of it. No. Ah, uh, you should. It's definitely on the internet. You should watch Chris Rock's intro. Okay. Because he just goes and apparently. Where was comedy store maybe apparently he had been working hat fleshing the routine out like in the comedy store one of those clubs down southern california for weeks you know before he got up there it was just like a you know like a classic rock stand-up routine yeah so it was know? a polished routine yeah 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 like he was working on like his real stand-up not not as some people like girk says oh he was that was just his shtick hosting the award show. I was like, no, it was, it was him 
like giving critical comedic analysis to it. Right. Like, and he, he, he was, he was the perfect guy for the, for that show. You know, if it would have been Billy Crystal or Ellen, it would have been, you know, it had to be Chris Rock. So everything just worked in its favor, you know? Yep. Because he got up there and he was, I don't know, I, I can't even explain to you because you kind of got to see it. But he was making good points about, he was making a point about how, you know, what is this? This the, because I think it was the 88 thing. He's like, he's like, there's probably been 71 Oscars that had no black people or whatever. You know, he's like, but people didn't. He's like, why now? Why now? He's like, well, people like in uh, back in the day, they didn't have a reason. You know, they had other bigger things to worry about. You know, he's like talking about raping and lynching. They didn't, you know, when you got that crap going on, you're not worrying about, oh, who won best documentary short? You know, <laughs> you know? and I guess some of that stuff offended some people, but I honestly believe in my heart of hearts that Chris Rock is a genius. And I do believe he is of my generation. I think I'd put him in the top three or four, at least of the most important comedians, in my opinion, Ah. as far as like actually being socially like the impact of his comedy. Like you watch any of those big stand-up concerts from the nineties, like he's on point, you know? Interesting. So who would you put up there? I, you know, I'm not even certain because the other day I said he's the most important, but I was like, I don't know if I could call him the most important because I'm sure there's an argument that could be made, but I never really thought about anybody other than Chris (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, he's not just up there telling jokes, you know? You know, like, even though he's in Adam Sandler movies, he's good buddies with Adam Sandler. He's different than Adam Sandler, you know? Yeah, no, no, no doubt. No, I understand exactly what you're saying. Like his comedy routine, like his his stand-up, like you watch his stand-up, and it's it's funny as hell. But one of the reasons it's so funny is, like, he is like Richard Pryor in that sense. He goes after, you know, he's gone after cultural, George Carlin, Richard Pryor, any of those type of guys. He's actually a, I mean, in his own way, he's a social, a critic of society. Yeah. You know? No, no, I get it. You know, not every comedian is like that. You know, you go see, you know, Adam Sandler is not putting a friggin' put a microscope on society. He's putting a microscope on stupid, you know. I mean, I, I found the jokes hilarious, especially when I saw them in college. You know, it's great, but it's not some deep what is the meaning of this, you know? Right. You know, but I'm not, I'm going to go see David Cross. Uh, do you know who David Cross is? Yeah, yeah, from, uh, David Cross yeah, is he, from, from, uh. Mr. Show. Yeah. I know him from. Arrested Development. Arrested Development, but since as I. As long as you say you don't know him from the Alvin and Chipmunks movies, <laughs> you'll be better off. Because he is in those movies, but that's not what he should be known for. I um I wasn't a big sketch comedy fan back in whatever the eighties and nineties when Upright Citizen Brigade, Upright Citizens Brigade, Citizens. uh the Bot, the Mister Show. Mister um, Show is great. See, I never got. They have new ones for Netflix now too. I watched five minutes of it. I couldn't watch it. 
Yeah, see, because you weren't a fan of it before. Yeah. Um. So, I know. Right, Citizens for Gay was was like that too. Where everything full. You watch an episode and everything folds in on each other. Yeah. I was even though they all seem like separate acts. I was a casual fan of Boys in the Hall. Is that Kids what, in the Hall. Kids in the Hall. Boys in the Hall. <laughs> <laughs> the kids in the hood and the boys in the hall. That's right. <laughs> I um see that was it, it's funny that you mentioned uh the the importance of Chris Rock because I was I was thinking about this the other day. I was explaining to Cole about uh, we were recording the, the the Muppets podcast. I hope you aren't explaining to him about Chris Rock. <laughs> no, I was explaining to him. I said, um, "We're just gonna talk like we're gonna, uh, you know, we're, we're just two guys talking." I said, "Don't be self conscious, and whatever comes to your mind, you know, you just say it, whether you think it's silly or not." And I said, "There's." Uh, I said, my friends have a joke that I can beat a joke t- to death. Yep. I said, but the joke's on them because I know exactly when the joke's over. I just want to find out how long it takes them to realize it's over. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I like that, you know, kind of inside joke mentality because i'm a big andy kaufman fan oh yeah i love andy kaufman that the entire span of his career was just him in on the joke yeah it was one big it was one big inside joke yeah and i i appreciate that i think that's relevant i think that that i mean wouldn't it be funny if it turned out that when all this stuff with donald trump reaches its crescendo he'll be he'll rip off the mask and be like I'm really Andy Kaufman. <laughs> exactly. This has been my 35-year con. Right. You know? Right. 32 years, whatever it was. He died in 1984, allegedly. Right. And <laughs> and it wouldn't matter if anybody laughed or not, because he'd get a kick out of it. Yep. Yeah. So that's why I, I kind of uh, I kind of appreciate your analysis on Chris Rock because I I've done the same thing and. Um, Chris Rock is is just as relevant to that conversation as whoever Richard Pryor, Andy Kaufman, um, George Carlin, George Carlin. You know, I think Eddie Murphy's got you know a little yeah, bit Eddie of that. Yeah, Eddie Murphy when he was younger. You know, he kind of brought that comedy as a rock star mentality. Yep. Um, yep. And I wish Chris Rock would do more stand up. You know. Because I say he's one of those guys, if he ever goes on tour and comes here, I'm definitely making sure to get tickets for that. He's from a, a town up in New Jersey, um, or he lives there now. Alpine. Alpine, which is a super yeah. rich town. And Have you ever heard his bit on Alpine? I've seen him on TV shows talking about... <laughs> he might have been on Letterman. He was on Letterman's final shows, and he was... Talking about it, he had this gone off about his kids being rich or whatever, you know. He's like, I live in a neighborhood. It's me, Eddie Murphy, and Shaquille O'Neal has a house, and Oprah's dentist. Yeah, he said, 
Oh, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yes. I've heard that exactly. Go on. One of the most dominant basketball players of all time. One of the funniest comedians of all time. And he's like, you know, and I make movies, so I don't do so bad. You know. Yes. Yet we still live in the same neighborhood as Oprah's dentist. <laughs> yeah. I think the dentist is a white guy, too, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's one of the points was or something. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> I think it's uh, the difference between I think uh, wealth and wealth and being rich and being wealthy. I think that's kind of like the yeah you know the the gist of it. Um, but I, yeah, he's he's I gotta good. See if I can find the clip from him on Letterman because he was saying some good shit about his kids being rich. You know, I just can't remember what it was now, so I'm not gonna even try to do it justice. But um, but if you had a chance, he came out with a movie last year. Came out like late 2014, and I went to see. It was really good. Top five. You should go. You should check that movie. It, out. It's like it's a, a doc, a mockumentary about him as yeah, an actor. Yeah, the movie. The basis is he plays this. He plays this actor. Uh, who's like a uh, one of these comedic actors who who made his name on play in some what was he was he maybe a beaver or a bunny or something some ridiculous thing where he where he was in these crappy movies like a franchise of movies where he's dressed up as some type of animal solving crimes or whatever <laughs> you know these slapstick comedy things and he's trying to make a trend you know it's like guy who's a stand-up comedian becomes big and then ends up in something like that now he's trying to make this transition into a serious actor and he makes this movie about Toussaint Overture and the Haitian Revolution because that's that's the guy that led the Haiti Revolution okay and and the movie's basically one day and who is it the uh what's her name the uh Gabrielle Union no. no, no, no. Puerto Rico. Rosario Dawson. Yes. You're looking at an IMDb? Yes. Yeah. And she's following him for a new story. It's all one day just leading up to to the to the movie coming out. And I think top five is like they're talking about who your top five, you know, hip hop guys were or whatever, you know. Okay. But it's a damn good movie. You should check that out. Yeah, and it's probably the best thing Chris Rock has done in years. Cause all those other movies, you know, like oh, I believe I love my wife, or I think I love my wife, and all those, they are all right or whatever. But this thing was so much better. It was really funny too, you know. Um, so I, can't I definitely he's in his fifties. Yeah, I mean, he was born in the sixties, man. I mean, he was on SNL with Sandler and Chris Farley and Spade and all those guys, and they're my brother's generation. You know? oh, that's crazy. I mean, I consider him our generation because we were watching him in high school and stuff, you know? Yeah, right. Right, but that makes him older than us. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, technically he's, yeah, my brothers who were born in 64 and 66. That's his, all those guys. That's the same time frame. All the dudes that graduated from high school and the, Mid eighties, basically. Yeah, I'll tell you what, he hadn't done much in a while. Yeah, 
Grown Ups, Grown Ups 2, Madagascar series, you know, a lot of voiceover work. Yeah, but I think, like, I think, like, he funded that movie because he did it independently, and I think eventually Jay-Z picked it up or something. Uh, but I think he funded the movie by starring, like, in Grown Ups 2, you know? Okay. During, during those crappy Sandler movies, because it's ridiculous, you know, because... It's Sandler or whatever. He's going to make those movies. But everybody else that's in those movies, it's like, all right, Rob Schneider. All right, all right. But Chris Rock, he's the one that, like, it's like, man, why is Chris Rock in this movie, you know? You know, because you know he's he's so much more than, you know, the stupid Sandler revolving cast right. type of guy, you know? Uh, looking through his movies, though, I guess though his impact, his major impact is, is his stand up. Yeah, it is. But he's, you know, I think he, you know, he made a lot of those other movies too. I mean, like where he was intimately involved in either, you know, like those. See, he was getting more introspective. That's what those. I think I love my wife and all those type of things. You know, they were. You know, he was getting more serious. Right. I think he's getting divorced now, you know? I mean, I think I saw that last year sometime, like a year ago. Yeah, it's funny. I saw that, and uh, the, every once in a while, you come across something like that, and you're like, you can't believe it. I, I have no idea who his wife is. I have no idea about their relationship. But no. I like to think, like, if you make it so far, especially in Hollywood, then yeah. you've, 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 you've reached the mountain. You've reached the pinnacle. You overcame the hard stuff. He's a star, you know? Yep. So, but uh, who knows? You never know. You never know. But I did, yeah. I heard that. I knew uh, it had been a while. So definitely see that movie. Okay. But um, but if you're asking about the Oscars in general, this is my, um, my take here. Last year, as you know, I was a little, I was pissed that Michael Keaton got screwed out of his Oscar. Yes. A beloved old school blue collar American actor who was great in spotlight, by the way, he was awesome in that. Okay. Oh, that's right. It's, uh, it's about a newspaper. Yeah. The Boston globe investigation into the, uh, Catholic, the Boston archdiocese cover up of the, uh, molestation scandal. Right. Which all was gone down when I moved to Boston. Like, they were in the midst of all that when I moved there. Okay. And what I remember, which is one reason I want to see the movie, too, because I do remember that uh, I moved there in August 2002, and it was in December when when Cardinal Law um, resigned, who was head of the archdiocese. And what I remember explicitly was I was working downtown at the time and walking out there and the day he resigned, they had the newspaper guy selling the papers extra, extra. It was the first and only time I've ever seen that in my life. Like, it was like out of a movie, you know? They had the papers printed up because he had just resigned that day. You know? That's crazy. Yeah, and they were at the extra, but not Cardinal Law resigns. I was like, whoa, this is cool. It's like in a movie. They got an extra. That's only something you hear about, you were, know? Were they wearing hats? No, it was just the same crusty old 
guys who were always selling the papers out there, you know, so it wasn't newsboys. Okay. But but it was funny because it was like this is weird because you because that was something that I figured was an artifact of the past, you know. Right. The extra newspaper, you know, because it's like why would you even need that in this day and age? You figure that thing went went out of style once TV was dominant or something, you know. Yeah, right. I imagine you won't ever see it again. I doubt you will, but that was 2002. You know, I mean, I imagine they must have. They didn't do one here, but I'm sure if you were in Boston or New York or whatever, well, maybe not New York, but if you were in Boston, they probably had an extra doing 9-11 or something, you know? Right. But it was crazy. Extra, extra. I was like, whoa. They do love their paper up there in Boston, that's for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, Yeah. So that's what that movie was about. It was really good. But... So he lost it to a guy at the time, like I told you. Yes, he played Stephen Hawking and all that. But I was like, he's a young British guy. He's going to get nominated for loads of stuff again. Of course, he was nominated this year for Best Actor again. Eddie Redmayne was for The Danish Girl. (laughs) But Saturday, I thought Keaton was going to win. He didn't. This year was Sylvester Stallone. He's going to win Best Supporting Actor for Creed. Well, what happens? Sylvester Stallone doesn't win it. They give it to this British guy who was in Bridge of Spies, that Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg movie. Okay, yeah. You know, it was an older guy, but he was like a Shakespearean actor and stuff, which just goes to, once again, you know, they'll always pass up the old school, beloved American, you know, run-of-the-mill, like, blue-collar, I say, because it's not... Stallone and Keaton are guys who were like, you know, doing all this critically acclaimed film. You know, they're they appeal to the masses. The type of stuff they always did. You know, um, didn't Stallone win they, an Oscar? No, Rocky won Best Picture. Uh, Stallone has never won an Oscar personally. So, so the point being, the Oscars, the Academy will always go for a British guy with a fancy accent over a beloved American actor. You know? (laughs) Two years in a row! Come on! And what is their obsession with the British actors? They're not British. It just makes them sound like, you know, oh, well, they have, you know, it's guys with accents, so it's it's better acting, you know? It's it's what I've always been saying, is if you're a white old actor you're not getting a fair shake from the oscars <laughs> you're not if you're going up against the british dude not if you're going up against the guy with a fancy accent well, that's I, all it comes down to i remember and you know what in the in their defense i'll say this much when i watch nature documentaries i don't think the people know what they talk they're talking about if it's not a british guy narrating that documentary well specifically sir david attenborough yes there's more gravitas gravitas when it's a british person you know it's like you hear an an american english speaking you're like this motherfucker doesn't know shit about the snub-nosed monkey (laughs) (laughs) um but uh, to your point i think that's the um that's the 
the flavor of the month English male English actors where to the same extent there was a period like I want to say 90s I'm trying to look it up where if there was an art film yeah like all those movies like Howard's End and all those yes Merchant Ivory that was the production team that made all those like uh Gilded Age like Jane Austen like movies Age of Innocence I feel like there was a time when those were guaranteed yeah. to win. At least now in- they were dominating like Emma Thompson, you know, Kenneth Branagh movies, Anthony Hopkins and them, you know. I think now um big ticket major motion pictures are um you know are getting their due, but then there's it's got to balance out. So they're balancing it out with you know British guys. Yeah. <laughs> They'll always accept the guy with the fancy accent over one of our beloved classic actors who just is looking to get his due before he's sent off to the farm. I would say Stallone's probably got another one in him. Where? Where's Stallone going to get nominated for another Oscar? I don't know. He will, and they'll give it to he him. He was nominated for Rocky, and then 40 years later, he was nominated for this one. He'll write himself another movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Creed 2. Well, Creed 2. More Creed. Yes. Oh, man. I did watch the Jimmy Kimmel thing on Hulu. You should check out. They had some great... Uh, he always... You know, Lampoon's movies, you know, and there was one he had, he had Tracy Morgan on there, and it was uh, the next Creed one, except it was Clubber. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yes, and Tracy Morgan has all the gold chains and shit in the mohawk. (laughs) And then, of course, he gets in the ring, and he's like, Dad! And it's friggin' Mike Tyson. Basically dressed up as Clubber Lang too, you know. <laughs> uh, and then they had a uh, yeah, check it out because it was pretty funny because he had Ben Affleck on that night, you know, and that Batman Superman films coming out. Yeah. They did a thing. He's like, yeah, Kim was supposed to be in a movie, and Affleck's telling him, yeah, all your your stuff ended up on the cutting room floor. Basically, he's like, well, let's see the scene, and it's um. Uh, I don't know if you have you seen the trailer for Batman for Superman. They got a scene where they're like in a museum or some type of party where Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne are talking, you know, and and Lex Luthor comes up to him and says something. Well, it's that scene, like it's totally that scene, you know, like it's completely (laughs) reenacted. You know, they got uh, freaking Clark Kent and Ben Affleck. You know, both of the guys playing. And Jimmy Kimmel comes walking up and he, and he says to the Clark, you know, uh, what's that guy's name? Henry Cavill, you know, he's dressed up as Clark Kent. He's like, you remind me of something. He's like, you're Superman, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's going on. And, and then Jonah Eisenberg comes up, you know, he's like, he's like, that's Superman. He's like, oh, 
He's like, I never knew. And he's like, oh, you were, he's like, and that's Batman. He's like, you didn't know. He's like, he's like, I figured out in two seconds, in two minutes, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you can find, if you have Hulu or something, you should, or you can probably look at it on YouTube. They probably have it all up because I think Kimmel has a YouTube channel. I'll check that out. I'll check out the uh, Chris Rock opening and uh, the Kimmel. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. But uh, other than that, not a whole lot going on. Oh, I don't know. You kept my attention. Yeah, well, that's good. I appreciate it. I, I, I mean, how long have we been going? Uh, about an hour. Oh, oh, this is perfect. Yeah. Good timing, man. It's excellent timing. Excellent yeah, timing. Yeah. I uh, I appreciate the effort today, man. Good job. Yeah. Um, we had a good spirited conversation. You sure did. Other than that whole thing where we talked about how our sleep constantly gets disrupted <laughs> and listen when i break down the episodes after uh you know when i edit them yeah it's gonna be my favorite part yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, lordy all right man all right um well then on that note with apologies to kirk's brother we'll see you guys next week have a good night fredo Thank you.